When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. The transfer windows close and Nottingham Forest are out of the Carabao Cup after a 5 0 aggregate defeat to Manchester United. So all attention turns to the Premier League this weekend as Forest face Leeds United at the City Ground. To discuss all that, I'm joined first of all by Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, good morning, you well. Morning, Matt. Oh, I was until I found out that Tice is two years older than me and looks ten years younger. So I need to uh, I need to change something there. I think, but yeah, feeling good. Good, good man. Uh, second guest today, as Temps mentions, is former Red striker Nathan Tyson. Good to have you back, Nathan. You well? Yeah, good. Thank you. Really good. Thanks. So, uh, looking forward to this. It's been a while, so I might be a bit rusty, but it's, you know, looking forward to this. Well, as Temp said, I'm we're the same age, and I was doing picking the washing up before this. I thought my knee was going to explode. So it's impressive that you're still playing, still got that energy, and uh, it's good to have you with us again. Temps, uh, just start with you. We watched the game last night, two 0 defeat on the night, but I was pretty upbeat about it actually. What did you make of it? Yeah, me too. It was a free pass, wasn't it? I don't think we ever expected to turn the tie around. So what was important, we went made a good account of ourselves and. Didn't get turned over, so set up with really good structure, held them for a long time. There were some good individual performances, but there was a, there was a certain cohesion there, wasn't there? A certain understanding that you could see um, between the players, even though they were disrupted by the, the Lingard injury um, in the warm-up, relentless pressure from Man United and having to, to sit off while they had a lot of possession, that we, we, we didn't buckle. Um, certainly no shame in that performance. And I think a few players were able to have a few days um, extra extra rest as we as we get forward to the the real business, which is the the league games, of course. So yeah, not too disheartened. Think we did pretty well against what is a, an ever improving Man United side. Yeah, yeah, I saw lots of good things as well. I'll come on to the tactics and the shape, but I thought it was quite encouraging the way they went about it. Obviously, you go there three nil down. You've got to score the first goal. Forest were, didn't see a lot of the ball that first off, but they did have those couple of big chances, one for Brennan Johnson, one for Emmanuel Dennis. Nathan, did one of those really have to go in to, to give Forrest any shot in the tie? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think, you know, you need to you need to get the first goal, um, especially on the a two-legged tie, really. Um, so, it's, you know, you get the first goal. The, Forrest did really well, keeping the, the fans quiet there at Old Trafford. I, I mean, I've been there before and you know, it's pretty easy to get on quiet at times, but it's uh, you know it was it was all positives, and they uh, it just needed that first goal. But they went out there on the front foot, nothing to lose, and everything to gain. But it, it's very tough, you know, with the way the first leg went. Yeah, it's it's very difficult, and United are in absolutely fantastic form at the moment. Any criticism of either player? I mean, Brennan's shot was straight at heat and Sam, Sam sorry's got in the way of an Emmanuel Dennis effort Nathan from a striker's point of view are you critical of any of those players there uh it's not too critical I mean you know Brennan yeah he should have maybe slotted it home um I think it was bouncing from what I can remember so you know he's got he's got the shot on target it's it's just it's just a tough you know on another day that goes in um you know, the other one with Dennis, it's just unfortunate. You know, the lad's standing in his way and it's just hit him. Uh, I've seen it happen a few times and it, it's just unfortunate. It's going in. Um, but it's just, that was your luck, really. And, you know, the luck stayed with United on that day. So, yeah, I, it's a weird one because you can't be too disheartened about it because they, it's, it's the semi-final. Yes, it would have been great if Forrest could get to the final, but the main focus is the league. So this is this is just a bonus for them, really. And it just shows how pro, uh, progressive they've gone throughout the season to reach a semi-final in their first year back in the Premier League. Um, 
you know, I don't think people would have thought of, thought of that. They would have thought, look, we're in a relegation battle and made things to stay up, you know, to get to the semi-final of the cup. You know, it's ticking all the boxes right now and it's, there's a real good feel around the camp. You can And through the city, you can see from the fans when they're talking that everyone's positive. So, you know, last night's performance is definitely not something to be damper about, but there's lots of positives to come out of that. Nathan mentions the performance there, attempts. We've discussed the kind of away formula and trying to get points on the board. Forrest went about it a slightly different way. They, they play with that central striker as Surridge is the focal point, especially first half. And I know they lost the game, but I thought that was a, quite a decent formula to take into away games. Do you think they could use that more or do you want to see the kind of the 4-3-3 three, three that they deployed mostly? I think they will use it more because it's a precursor to getting the best out of, of Chris Wood, who, who couldn't play last night. Um, obviously, having featured for, for Newcastle earlier on. So, so yeah, I think we'll see more of that. We spoke before about having to adapt the, the way that, that we play. Um, I think Chris Wood will be more, more effective as a hold-up player. Surridge was still making the occasional channel run, wasn't he? Trying to hassle um, defenders. And, and as we said, he, he made a bit of a mess of that moment by just, just being in the way of the, the Dennis shot. So I think minutes are going to be hard to come by for Surridge from this point, increasingly so. I think we're going to see Wood deployed first and foremost in that spot that um, he's perhaps looking to, to make his own. Um, so, yeah, inevitably there will be changes to that that system. And I think we'll probably get on to, to Danilo as well, who looked promising last night. So there, there, there's all kinds of um, things we could do to the mix of that central midfield three. Or if it becomes um, three just, just off the striker and, and two holding behind that, we, we're going to look at new combinations to um, get the best out of those offensive players. But, yeah, you could see what they were trying to do last night, um, almost conceding. Uh, Man United's half of the pitch, so there's very little in the way of, of, of the press there. Um, but that was just so we could have a have a deep block and try and spring on them, as we did several times towards the end of the first half. So you can you can see the um the early shoots of some changes to the the system that Steve Cooper uh, wants to play and fully expect that to continue at the weekend. <clears throat> that was my WhatsApp tab. I forgot to shut it off. Sorry, beeping it. In fact, it was my key messaging about some nonsense, probably. So, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Um, a few people in the comments already commenting on Emmanuel Dennis, saying I'm mostly negative. I mean, I'll, I'll ask Nathan his take on him in a minute, but uh, in general. But last night, Temps, I, I mean, I've been very critical of Dennis. I thought he was, he was better. And if I'd seen that bench level of performance from him, I, I'd tolerate more of the frustrating aspects. What did you make of him? Yeah, I think it was fouled as well. There was uh, there was a replay where Anthony uh, stood on his shin, wasn't there, as he went down, and then tried to insinuate that he was making a making a meal of it. I thought his his touch was tight last night. He found himself in some tough spaces, um, being doubled up by Anthony, who was quite uh, quite a willing runner and tracking back, um, helping his fullback. Um, I thought that he looked sharp on the break. There was that through ball for. The Danilo chance wasn't that he did some good stuff off the off the left hand side. And let's let's not forget that he wasn't slated to play. He was going to be sitting on the bench and maybe getting 20 minutes if if Lingard faded in the in the second half. So whilst I understand and probably share the frustration of a lot of the, the commenters who were saying, why is this guy still in our squad? Um, our understanding is that he perhaps could have had the move in January, didn't want it, wanted to stick around till till the summer. And let's hope he's doing that for the right reasons, that he feels he can prove himself, that he can kind of recapture some of that Watford form, which which brought him to, to our attention. And there was, a, there was a promising sign last night, but what he hasn't done yet at Forest is done that consistently. When we've seen those flashes, we've then been frustrated that he's given the ball away, hasn't put his run in, um, hasn't uh, had that, that, that quality that we perhaps expected when he, when he came through the door for a lot of money, let's not forget. So I hope that's the, the start of... Uh, an upturn for Emmanuel Dennis. He's going to be with us, in my view, now until the till the summer at least. And he's got it within him to to turn around the opinion of fans. However, his work to this point has been pretty poor on the whole. And last night was a flash of what he can do when he's at his best. So, yeah, we need to see far more of that if he's going to have any kind of long-term future at Forest. So, as Temp says there, Nathan... Emmanuel Dennis, he's not had a great time at Forest. I don't know how much you've seen of him to give a full take. I mean, have you been into clubs where you've not hit the ground running, the fans don't fancy you? Can you give us some kind of take on an insight on how tough that can be if it's happened to Derby. you? Derby. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely Derby. <laughs> Derby is one. Uh, cool, I can name a few to be honest. Uh, it, you know, it's it's difficult, um, especially when everyone's on your case, and you know, as a player, you're not performing to your best levels that you've that you've reached before. So the the ultimate thing is you start questioning yourself. You start questioning, you know, what what you know what you're doing on and off the field. Everything just comes into play, and next thing you know, it just gets on top of you. And the most important thing is, I I've, I quite enjoyed his performance last night, especially in the first half. I thought he was, you know, he was very strong. Um, took players on. He was positive, you know. And to be fair, he got thrown a bit of a lifeline, obviously with Lingard getting injured. Um, and he's just gone out there. And to me, he just showed like, ah, look, I've got nothing to lose, you know. And um, I, there's a lot of players that are coming in. Um, I've been thrown in here. I was going to be on the bench, whatever you know. So it's just like, right, okay, look, I'm just going to show you what I can do. And he's gone out there. And I think I think it's unfortunate, really, because Anthony definitely stamped on him as well. I'm mm. surprised they didn't pick that up as well. And um, but I guess that's just the officials this year and VAR and all that stuff. But yeah, there was positive signs. Um, I always like to see the positive in players because I've been in that situation before. It's not nice. It's it's difficult. He's, you know, at the end of the day, he's human and makes mistakes. But as long as he's learning, and like you said, if he's reasons to stay at the club, uh, you know, to make a summer move or what something might have not worked out for him, he's just thinking, right, you know, I'll see what I can get here, see him in minutes, you know, improve myself under a very, very good manager. Um, who knows? Who knows? There could be numerous reasons. But, you know, uh, yeah, I thought there was just positive signs for him last night from what I've seen. You mentioned uh, a bit of an echo there. Sorry, I'm uh, you mentioned players having a tough time of it. Jesse Lingard injured in the warm up. I mean, he's having a bit of a nightmare now. He's really unfortunate. He got ill back end of the World Cup, picked up a thigh injury, and there and missed games. Comes back, and then last night, I think Steve Cooper said he got an ankle injury in the warm up. Attempts. Is it starting to feel like it's just not going to happen for the poor guy at Forest now, or not? The run of form we all look back to when Lingard was at his best was that West Ham low move when he knew he was going to play every week where he had the the match fitness to be resilient and not succumb to the knocks and he found himself scoring goals and, and creating a lot of chances. It's been a long time now since that period of games when he was starting and playing 90 minutes week in, week out. So I'm I'm still in the camp that he has a lot to offer when he's fit, when he plays. But when he plays at his best, we're going to say the same quite soon about John Joe Shelby um, and, also, and also about Emmanuel Dennis. He has the ability to break a game in the Premier League. But every time he comes back from one of these knocks, and they've all been pretty minor, you find yourself giving him the benefit of the doubt for 45 minutes, his, you know, his, his, first, um, his, his first start, and then all of a sudden you have that that build-up of what he can be, what he can do. I think last time around, it was probably Spurs in the Cup uh, when he was so active, so lively, creative, um, scored, obviously. And then disappointment when he's he has another has another knock. So I, I hope, I'm going to repeat myself, but everything I've just said about Emmanuel Dennis applies to Jesse Lingard. The best of him justifies a start in this team and makes us a better side. But we're yet to see any evidence that he could play five games in a row for 90 minutes. And I, I still think now it could be a two or three weeks off before he even starts on that on that journey. So a lot of competition for his place now. Um, but I, I really, really hope we can see more than we have so far because he hasn't fulfilled his potential. I think externally, like TalkSport, etc., are going to say right now that he's been a monumental failure and it's been a disastrous move. I think it's much more complicated than that for the reason we discussed about injuries and a lack of a lack of a run of games do you do you feel a bit for him Nathan that it's just not panning out for him so far yeah it's difficult with uh, the circumstances how he ended up here um I was always a bit baffled because I thought you know Forrest had just come up he's gone on loan to West Ham he tore it up he, there's no doubt about it he did so 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 well um and I just think that move to West Ham would have been more appropriate to him. Um, but here he is in Albert Forest. It's not working out, it's, um, is it really? Um, you know, he's got injuries. 
He's a fantastic player. I really like him. Uh, and the best is yet to come. And when he's firing, he's a problem. Um, it, but there is competition for places. You know, Gibbs White is, you know, he's been fantastic. I've, you know, what a player. He just seems to improve every single game. And, you know, with all the new players coming in, obviously Gibbs White's injured. How, how long is he out injured for? Have they, have they said? No, Cooper said a while. I mean, I don't know if Temps agree with me. Forrest's injury updates could be anything. I kind of gloss over them a bit. Players come back at different time scales. We'll get on to Dean Henderson in a bit. But, I mean, to be fair, Nathan, if Gibbs White is out for an extended period of time, anything more than a game or two, I mean, that's that's a big problem for Forrest, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Because he's been, he's been the number one player. Um, he's been absolutely fantastic. Everything he's done, he's been so positive, runs forward, passes forward. I, I think it took him a couple of games to settle in, um, with, uh, but his performance levels, like I said, is improving, improving. And, and Jesse just needs to now get into the main thing for him. He needs to get fit um, and stay fit, and he just needs to keep progressing as well um, because you know Jesse Lingard is a fantastic player, fantastic talent. Um, but you know the best is yet to him to come, and I believe is it just a one-year deal that he signed, or is there mm-hmm. extension on it? Uh, no, one year. I think there's an option for for a second, but I mean the money he's going to want. I guess he's on. Well, we know he's on good money. He's not going to want to take a big pay cut, and he'll probably have offers from like Turkey or the MLS or something. It, if you, I mean, if it was tomorrow, I doubt. I doubt he'd stay for a second season. I mean, is he is he a bit of a? This is a wider question on Jesse Lingard. A bit of a career crossroads now, isn't he, Nathan? In a sense, um, not necessarily because his name still holds value. Um, you know, he's done well at United. Um, obviously, you know, he, people will remember his loan move to West Ham, and they think they'll think of that form, and they'll just think, "Well, you know, we need to." His name holds value, and you don't. Just turn a bad player overnight. In, in, you know he's he's got so much ability, but unfortunately it's just the injuries that are just happening. There's a lot there's a lot of pressure on him as well because he has come here for big money, and everyone knows that. Um, so that holds a pressure itself. Uh, he's had to move and X, Y, and Z. You know, a loan move is, you know, moving down to London to West Ham at that time. You know, he's not exactly moving house really. He's just you know being put up in an apartment or whatever. Um, I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe he did buy a house down there and stay down there, we don't know. But, um, you know, it's, it's a big shift for him and it's a one-year deal as well. So it's not it's not that security in terms of longevity in your career. You know, you haven't got the, the cushion of a second year when the first year doesn't work out. Um, so there is a lot of pressure on him. Um, whether he has plans to, to stay, we don't know whether he has plans to to move on. But I, I don't think he's going to struggle for a club, to be honest. If someone's definitely going to take him. Um, yeah. And I suppose she's got a young family, a young daughter, and yeah, he's spoken about his mum's health problems. So it's not not an easy situation at all for him. Um, times we talk about injuries, I saw a thing on Twitter today, Forrest can field a whole injured 11 by now. It's got that ridiculous... Forced the hand in the transfer window a little bit. Um, so in the end, in came Scarpa, Danilo, Chris Wood, Navas, Shelby and Felipe. Uh, so six in, I think, a few out on loan. Successful window for you overall in the circumstances or not? Yeah, successful window. I think we're leaving the window with a, a stronger squad than we entered it with, but we have been bad by injuries and there'd be a, a really tough um meeting to pick that side if it wasn't for having so many lads in the in in the treatment room i think the one with um unbound potential is danilo you see him at the minute he just has that kind of speed of thought and speed of action um that would have been some goal if he'd have finished that through ball from emmanuel dennis and look at the replay it's a good save from heater and he, he seems to be heading for the the corner so very excited about him i think scarper can live with the level he's becoming um, well, if he feels pretty settled now, I think the the concerns around his, his fitness seem to be dissipating. He's going to get a lot of minutes between now and the end of the season. The big impact for me and the the, the one the debut we'll see at the, the weekend will be Keylor Navas. 
I think as supportive as we've been of Hennessy and as big a fans as we are of, of, of Hendo, that move suggests to me that Henderson is out for a, a longer period than, than Forrester perhaps letting on. I think he'll be back before the end of the season or he, he would have gone back to, to, to Manchester for his, for his rehab. But this feels to me more like six, seven weeks rather than two or three. And Hennessy, despite all his experience, has struggled, right? There's been a, a lot of um, goals we've conceded, which we, we would have backed Henderson to, to stop. So recruiting experience of, of that ilk, the trophy cabinet that he's got as an individual, um, he's got more European Cups than, than Forrest, which is uh, don't be too many players that have worn our shirt that can, that can say that. I just think he'll have an immediate impact. That's a massive upgrade in the goalkeeping department. And this, the loan structure means that if Hendo it does come back and he's ready to step in, you know, n- nothing ventured, nothing gained. Kaylor can can sit on the, the bench for a bit. I think that's really, really shrewd business. Chris Wood, we'll see. We discussed this at, at length last time. I think his his debut was um, was a struggle, but of course it would be given that we need to a- a- accommodate uh, him in the side and and do uh, do things to get the get the best out of him. Uh, Felipe will come into the side at some point. I don't think it'll be this weekend. I think that the lack of football he's had since November suggests that he'll need a a tune-up and to be um, introduced gradually. And we all know what John Joe Shelby can do when he's, when he's at his best. So he's a, he's a week or so away, I think from, from being considered. So yes, we've recruited well, Um, perhaps haven't got quite as many out of the door as we would have liked. There's going to be some decisions made on the periphery of the the 25 to make sure we accommodate um, everyone that we need. But the one negative is that injury list is mounting. So I was speaking to someone the other day, in fact, it might have been deadline day, and they said they thought Henderson was out. They'd heard that Henderson was out till the end of February, which would be four or five league games. So we'll we'll see. I mean, like I said earlier, Forrest's uh, injury timescales are often a bit elastic, so we don't know. But just want to pick your brains about a couple of those deals, Nathan. Starting with the Navas one. I mean, I was thinking about Premier League clubs earlier. I think maybe Chelsea with Kepper and Mendy, they're pretty even. But every other club has a really clearly defined number one and a clearly defined number two. This is a really unusual situation now, isn't it? With you know Navas glittering career, Henderson, one of the best keepers in England, a lot younger. I mean, when he when Henderson's fit, it's going to present a very interesting problem for Steve Cooper, isn't it? Certainly is, and um, that move for me shows that you know maybe Henderson is out for a longer period in time, and I think with a lot of the signings there, suggests to me that they that their injury list is actually going to last you know a good couple of months or so. Um, you know, you just don't. You know, get the players in that you've got in. Um, it just signals to me that there's there's something long longer term that's going on that they, you know, that the players aren't recovering from. But that that Navas signing is is a very very big signing. Um, like you said, he's he's won, you know, one more trophies in Europe than Forest. So he's, you know, he comes with vast experience. I think I'm I'm excited to see him play, um, and I guess the fans are as well because that's a that's a huge scoop I like I yeah I'm all over that <laughs> so, <laughs> very good but like you said when he you know Henderson comes back that's competition for places and um, yeah it's going to be very very interesting to see what uh, Steve Cooper does but you know if Navas is coming in and he's he's coming in straight away this weekend and he keeps a clean sheet and does the job and you know as good as what we have seen him before, um, yeah, it's going to be a struggle for for the player for the goalkeepers to come back in. The other specific one I was going to ask you about was Wood, bit of a dying breed, really. That target man striker. I don't think there's that many left in the Premier League. Also, I mean, Veghorst at United, I guess, and Diego Costa at Wolves when he plays. I can't think of too many more. Do Forest have to change the way they play to get the best out of him? Because, or is he going to be a bit of a passenger if they play? tippy-tappy football or can he still fit in that way do you think Nathan? It was a strange one for me um, yeah, yeah it's when I saw it and I thought you know I, I rate him you know I played against him in the past and you know I, I do rate him he's a very very you know he's, he's a good player 
Um, but where does he fit in the Forest squad? Uh, in the, in the starting eleven, it's it's a different dynamic as well, actually. And it's also it's nice to have that different dynamic because whether he starts, you can go a little bit more long and work players off him as long as he's holding up the ball. You know, he's a problem in the box. He's a big lad. Um, but also, if he is on the bench and he comes off the bench, that's something that you can load the box up and you know have him in there. But he's he's good with his feet as well, and he is a good finisher as well. So. You know, we've got to give him time, let him, let him settle in as well. Uh, he's come from Newcastle, which is, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, he's done, he's done all right there. But obviously, like Burnley, was he was better at. So it, there's the jury's out, but I, you know, I rate him as a player. But whether we'll get the best out of him, I'm not too sure. And the last one I was going to ask you was a, a general one. I mean, Nabas, Shelby, Wood, Felipe, none of them have really kicked a ball this season particularly and they, if they had they wouldn't be here because PSG's number one goalie is not going to sign for Forest at this stage and nor is Atletico Madrid starting centre-back so that's fine but just from a player's point of view you go into a club midway through a season you've not really kicked a ball do we have to temper our expectations a little bit around the likes of you know Felipe Wood and Shelby less so Navas but how are they going to hit the ground running Nathan do you think? It, it would need time to settle in um, it depends on how much work they've been doing at their, you know, their, their previous club. How much work they've been doing. Um, you know, Europeans do it very differently. Uh, I, you know, it's so I would think that they would pretty much be ready to go. Um, here in England can be very, it's, it's very political, and who's in and around the squad and what they're doing, playing on the twenty threes, etc., etc. So, um, yeah, it's you're gonna have to give them time. You gotta give them time. But um, like, like Michael said, it's uh, it's definitely a squad that looks better on paper now than what it was before the window. Um, and it's just there's just so much improvement that Forrest has done, and that. But you just got to give these players time and let the ones that are, you know, stepping in at the moment, let them blossom and keep progressing the way they are. Um, you know, they've been very impressed with Forrest's performance over the last couple of months or so. So um, it's all positive news, but you've got to let these players settle in because it's not easy just going to a new club and just think, right, okay, well, you've got to adapt to management. Management's going to have a different philosophy, maybe different style of play, um, different formation that you're not used to. I know goalkeepers pretty much the same. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, you are asked to do different things and uh, some things you might agree on and some things you might not. So you've got to give them time. Let them settle in a couple of, couple of weeks, a month. Um, yeah, you know, and the others will, hopefully, they, the change room will stay very, very tight-knit togetherness is the main key let the lads settle in um, and then see where we're at from there so I want to get your take on the 25 man squad temps it's a bit of a recruitment failure long term isn't it that you've got Lyle Taylor Cafu outside the 25 man squad and now they're going to be joined by well one of Cook Richards Toffolo and we don't know what's happening with O'Brien I mean it'd be a real pretty criminal really if O'Brien isn't playing football in the second half of the season 25 year old talented midfielder who cost 10 million quid but we'll wait and see what happens there well who's who's missing out for you do you think Richards for sure I think that the amount of time it's taken him to to, to get back the fact that Lodi's made that slot his own and the fact that he's backed up by by Nico and for some strange reason, Toffolo, who came back, didn't he, from that, that chat in Anderlecht, I think it'd be um, a gamble to give him a place. Um, Biancon's out, obviously. Um, Court would feel hard done to, but I can I can see why um, he would find himself surplus to the 25, having bought in Felipe. Uh, I would say for sure that now Worrell, McKenna, Bolly, just off the back of recent selection, are ahead of Cook. Felipe is as well. So he's he's just too far down the, the pecking order in that position that we have. Um, Improve the backups for with that signing. So I think Cook could, could be the one that finds himself, uh, can consider himself the most unlucky. Um, yeah, O'Brien's a, a strange one, isn't it? You have you have to think there'll be some kind of move for him. I know there's, there's, there's windows open in certain nations still. So players could still, still leave Forest. 
Um, but I, I can't see him getting anywhere near our, our central midfield, particularly not now. Um, Danilo is shaped up to be the player that we we think he is. So, yeah, look, there'll be there'll be someone unlucky there, and perhaps if if Andre Ayew sneaks through the door on a on a freebie, um, we we could find a another surplus re- requirements too. But I think the that the one that definitely won't make the twenty five is is Omar Richards. What do you make that Ayew talk? I'm not. I mean, I'm, you know, give a player a chance. I'm just not seeing that one really. We've been playing in Qatar. He's thirty three. I know Cooper knows him well from Swansea. Unless Morgan Gibbs White is out for a long time, I hope he's not. It feels a strange one to me. What about you? It's a different style of player, isn't it? Uh, we don't quite know the extent of uh, the, the Gibbs White injury, although I would hope it's it's um, not not serious enough to require a, a sign-in. Um, but he, he, he can play up front as well. And I just wonder if it's uh, maybe considered too big a gamble to have this lofted crosses and, and direct passing that we know that Chris Wood thrives off. If we can't adapt to that, maybe it's foolish not to have a plan B if, if Taiwo's further off than we think. And, and Surridge just just hasn't quite seemed to have the precision, the pace, the strength to, to score goals consistently in the, in the Premier League. So there's a certain um, logic to it, but I hope that Chris Wood's form um, makes it a moot point. So overall, when Nathan... PSG's keeper, reserve keepers come in, guys with lots of Premier League experience, guy from Atletico Madrid and Danilo, an exciting young midfielder, gives us the squad we have. Do you think that's going to be enough in a very tough league? Are you confident Forrest will stay up now? Oh, hang on, I have to unmute you. <laughs> Sorry, that's my failing. Give me one sec. Right, have at it. Yeah, um, I think uh, it's, yeah, the squad is very is shaping up very very well. You just got to be very very careful. Like you know, you got it's not just about players' history and um, you know what they've done on the field. It's about how they're like off the field and how they can integrate into the into into the changing room. There's going to be like you said, there's a lot of players there that are going to miss out on that 25 man squad. Um, you know, quality players should I say like you said, like O'Brien, 25. It's it's tough. It's dog eat dog. Um, but you've got to be careful. You've got to tread careful because you can have, you know, forty odd players that are, you know, done extremely well, but they just don't gel. Um, you've got to, you've got to be careful who you bring in. So long as that's fine, long as the change room and uh, you know the togetherness is there, um, Forest won't have any problem. But like I said, there's been progression massively. They've got themselves out of the relegation zone. Uh, they're picking up points. They're on a good run of form. Um, I can see them staying up. Um, but obviously the injuries are mounting and that gives why is it's a big one for me. It's a big one for me. And with Jesse Lingard not, you know, not hitting, you know, not hitting the ground running and uh, it's been... Uh, you know, not he's been in bits and spurts, and it's just, yeah, it's just very difficult. But there's positives along the way with the new signings. There is if they can hit the ground running, uh, Forest ain't got a problem. And so, and as I say, they definitely take points off Leeds. Is it this weekend, Leeds? This weekend? Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll come on to that one definitely. Yeah, Leeds at home. Um, just, um, I mean, Nathan makes a good point there, attempts about squad balance and thing. I don't really care if Kido Navas is rated 90 on FIFA or anything. I see his FIFA card being posted on Twitter. It's about how players fit into the group as well. So that is a great point. Um, what about you, Temps? Give us your take on the shape of the squad and how far it's shaping up. Because I've made a schoolboy error and forgot to bring my laptop charger upstairs. So I'll put you full screen <laughs> and I'll dash downstairs. How about it, yeah, I mean, look, I- I think the, the big the big question there that you, you put to Tice was, are, are Forrest going to stay up? And the answer is yes, I think they are, because we've seen consistent improvement um, from a quite a low base at that, that period around October. It looked, it looked like we might struggle. And every time we've, we've seen someone um, go down, someone be suspended, someone have a, a drop in form, someone else has, has come in and, and done well. And we've, we've made several comments throughout this um, this season about uh, the expectation when Aurier first arrived, when when Renan Lodi first arrived. I put Scarpa and Danilo in that same bracket now. That they're, they're surpassing the expectation. And we've seen certainly against teams that are in and around us, we're playing uh, on the front foot. 
we've made the city ground uh, a fortress once more. And for that reason, sprinkling a bit of Steve Cooper magic dust and you've got a very resolute side who I think are going to be really, really difficult to beat. Now, look, there's going to be games this year where we set up defensively and it's a, a struggle to to predict anything else than than a, a likely defeat. Arsenal have still got to come um, to the to the city ground. Manchester City have still got to come to the city ground. However, the most important game is the next one and that's Leeds at home. If we beat Leeds on Sunday, they will not finish above us in the Premier League table. Everton look like an absolute car smash. Southampton, Wolves, one or two others are struggling. Bournemouth, absolutely nosediving. There's absolutely no reason why we can't continue to ease ourselves away from trouble. But it starts this weekend. And I think this is the the perfect fixture, in a sense, of another team that's in and around us, that comes to the city ground, knowing how big a game it is for them, puts pressure on them, allows us to continue with the the manner in which we've performed at home over the, the last few weeks. I just have this confidence that Sunday could be another marker, another signifier that we're not going to get dragged into that relegation scrap, that we could find ourselves comfortably mid-table, that Kaylor Navas does add 5% to the sum total of this, this squad, this starting 11 at the weekend, and that we can get ourselves free from free from danger. So, yeah, look, I'm confident. Um, I, I, I take Tyce's point completely as well. Um, and I hope the research has been done to make sure that the personalities of these fellas is, is what we need alongside their, their, their footballing ability because the two do go hand in glove. But for me, Sunday represents a massive opportunity to ease clear of, of danger. And I'm confident that we'll grasp that with both hands. I don't know how Nathan's the same age as me and still playing football. I've just gone downstairs and creaks basically all the way down and now I'm basically out of breath coming back up. Ridiculous. He's a machine. He's still in 100 metres in 10.5 flat. No, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I have slowed down a little bit. I'll probably do it in uh, about 11.5, uh, sorry. Probably there. <laughs> Got me covered. <laughs> you are still playing though, Ned. Just, well, I will come back to Forest. You're still playing at 40 for Grantham. I mean, is, is this, uh, you're like Rick Flair in wrestling. He's, he says he's going to retire all the time and he's still going at 75. But <laughs> is this it for you this season or not, Nathan? We'll see, we'll see. I think, um, I, like I said to you, I've had a lot go on. Uh, in my personal life and uh, it's affected my playing side of things but I'm looking at other things at the moment uh, currently doing a course and stuff so there's lots of avenues that I'm look, searching for outside of football um, I've been you know playing you know not just profe- uh, well professionally 22 years 22 23 years and then what been playing football since I was eight years old and I'm 40 years old so it's it's a long time of doing the same thing over and over again so something's got to change and there's a lot of things out there in the big wide world that I'm you know interested in so could this be the last season I don't know it might be it might not so it just see how I feel <laughs> see, see how the rest of the season goes let's just get that one out of the way and then I'll see what I'm what I'm planning to do at the end of it I asked you what the course was and you said you tell me because it's complicated is this for public consumption or is it something for after we finish recording Oh, we finished after we recorded. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't want to tell too many people on that side. But it's okay, easy. it's not going to be like fixing tax accounts and stuff like that. Then we'll finish after we. Record. I'm going to recruit for my veterans team. Look, he's an absolute racing machine. Look at him; he looks no more than thirty. So there's two 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 big chats going after this. Matt's going to find out about which uh, which profession Tice is going to get himself into, and I'm going to recruit him for the old Volvet. So and, uh, yeah, and skincare as well. You said before we started. <laughs> <laughs> right, back to the football then. Uh, Temps mentioned teams that are bombing and look like they're going to go down. I mean, as we stand, who's struggling for you, Nathan, at the bottom of the Premier League? Yeah, everyone's got to say it's Everton. Um, just <sighs> mess, absolute mess. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth nose diving. Uh, I think there's, yeah, they just don't look like the side that they were that got themselves promoted last year um, in Southampton. I, I think I, I got a feeling Southampton might get themselves out of it. Um, yeah, I just, just feel because Chris Cohen's down there, <laughs> I want to see him do well. So um, I think they'll get out of it. Um, but yeah, Forest, our main focus is that Forest, they, they're going to get well out of it. 
well out of it. I think they, I think they got potential to finish mid table. You know, thirteenth, fourteenth. Am I right? Can they can they do that? <laughs> I've not really looked at the table recently, but I do think I do have this feeling that they're going to get close to the mid table in their first year, and with what they've signed as well. Um, like I said, there's the, the progression is absolutely fantastic, and that's what you want to see uh, as a manager and as a coach, especially in your first season in the top top flight in such a long long period of time. The fans have been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, you can I've not managed to get to a game this year, but um, seeing them on the telly and hearing them, and the commentators all say the same thing. And people who I know that have been to a Forest game because you know, i.e. their their team are finally got up there to go and play them um, they've just said the atmosphere is absolutely phenomenal um, wish they had it up at their clubs that they support so the fans are doing the, the club and the city very very proud um, as well as the players are as well and, and, and the management and the rest of the staff so everyone's doing their job there's progression there's exciting times ahead semi-final yeah it didn't go to plan but I don't think that was ever in the plans in the first place so it's, it's a bonus so everything's all positive um, the way that I see things and Forest would definitely go out there the other clubs like I said to you Everton um, yeah they're, they're gone for me they're gone yeah I think Forest can finish mid-table I still think it'd be a miraculous achievement to finish 17th with the amount of new signings the amount of injuries we're seeing the amount of turnovers Steve Cooper would be up there with Eddie Howe as manager of the year for me if Forrest just stay up I think it's, he's done an unbelievable job um, let's turn our attention to the Leeds game just for the last five minutes or so then specifically Temps have you done an, an 11 for who you think is going to feature yeah debut for Kilo Navas in goal for me um, full backs I think pick themselves in uh, in, in Aurier and, and Lodie um, I believe that Warrell had a slight knock last night but I can see him coming back in at centre half alongside Bolly. I think that combination has been the one that's looked most solid in, in recent weeks. Um, in the absence of Gibbs-White, here's where I make a bit of a change. So I start Danilo, Froiler and Mangala centre mid. I want to see Danilo from the start. I'm really excited about what he could be. And I think alongside the experience of, um, of, of Froiler, um, he, he could really make a, an impact in there. And Mangala uh, comes back in. That means Scarpa off the left, Brennan off the right. And Chris Wood, the focal point up top. There's so many players that you'd, you'd like to um, have considered. I mean, you've, you've run through the injury list already, but I don't think we're going to see Tywo, Shelby, Morgan Gibbs-White, Lingard, Yatesy. Um, there's a lot of talent that we can't call on at the minute. But for me, that's the best 11 we can pick at this moment in time. And it's enough to beat Leeds. Who was your front three? Did you say your front three? Scarper off the left, Brennan off the right, Chris Wood through the middle. Oh, sorry, I might have missed that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think that's uh, about right for me. Um, Freud, I thought, was good last night. I meant to give a nod to him. Someone messaged me or commented that I didn't give Freud a credit for one of the games. So I'll give him credit for this game. I thought he was really good and Bolly was really good. On the game, Nathan, I mean, it's a bit of a cliche. I know Forrester, four, four, four points clear of the relegation zone and they're three points clear of Leeds, but... It's a, is it a big six-pointer? Because if Forest win, they go on to 24 points. It puts them in a real good spot. It puts them six points ahead of Leeds. Six points is a cliche, but does it feel like one for you this weekend? Yeah, it's a massive game. Um, definitely a six-pointer. Uh, and also, with the history of the two clubs as well, it's always so to, good to get one over on on your rivals in that sense. Um yeah, it's all it's, it's it's a must win. It's a must win, and like you said, with all the new additions that are coming in and all the players that are missing out, it will be even even better to take those three points off them as well. Because, like you said, with all the injuries and the talent that is on the sidelines, is um, you know, and that's still to come. Uh, and if they get the job done, but it's it's also a chance for the players, you know, ones that have not been involved as much, and they can step up and you know bring something to the table and. And, and help get the help get the results of what what they need. Um, but yeah, I definitely think Forest Forest are definitely going to win. Um, I'm very positive on that. <laughs> Fans make a difference, Nathan. I mean, seven thousand five hundred at Old Trafford last night. You know, we've sp- you spoke about the atmosphere quite rightly there at the City Ground. Do you think opposition players genuinely? feel the heat a little bit in the first 20 minutes from your experience as a player in those kind of cold atmospheres? 
Um, it's it's definitely weird uh, when you go to like a bigger ground, say like uh, for your first time and stuff. It you know, it's like wow, like you are a bit of a deer in the headlights. But once you get used to it, it it, it becomes the norm. So, but when you have a hostile environment. Um, it can play on your mind, especially if it's extremely negative. Um, we've experienced that many times before. <coughs> Millwall. <laughs> <laughs> so when that, yeah, you know, but Forrest it the right way and, um, you know, the fans have been fantastic. Just the noise, the chanting, uh, it's just, it, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal and they've got to keep it up. Temps has got a question for you, Nathan. He's put in the private chat. So what's the question, Temps? Yeah, I watched yeah. Tice for a, for a long time, obviously, and uh, two moments stick out for me. I just want to want to get his view on which one he enjoyed the the best. Running that corner flag past the derby lot, or two goals at Man City. Uh, it was the goal against Man City, Man City, because um, I was actually at the time I didn't know whether my contract was going to be renewed. Um, so at the time it was like, oh, you know, what am I going to do? You know, I th- I think. I think Reading might have come back in the equation. I think Brendan Rodgers was there at Reading at the time. I can't. I can't remember. It's a long time ago. Um, so there was talks about me going back home, back home to Reading. Um, but then I scored that goal, and obviously Billy Davis had just come in, and uh, you know Mark Arthur come over and said, uh, "Let's let's chat at the week uh, at the start of the week." <laughs> so it's just like it's you nice on the new deal, which is fantastic. So. I definitely take that one. Uh, the the corner flag one was just, it's, I, I look back on it. It's just not professional at the end of the day because people got hurt and I didn't want that to happen. And um, you know, yeah, I know the Forest fans love it and stuff. But when you hear, you know, because of the melee and stuff, and a kick gets crushed and that, it's it becomes very serious. And you know, I got a, not only did I get telling off by the club. Uh, the FAA got fined. I got turned off by the police as well, and you know, future conduct and stuff. So it's not, it's not nice. It's always, as the Forest fans see it as a positive, I, I see it as a negative because it takes away of some of the stuff that I did at Forest as a player. I like to think, you know, when I first come, got people off the seats. That's what you you want to entertain and you want to you want to play. You know, the injuries, yeah, didn't help things, but. You know, I did enjoy my time and five and a half years at this fantastic club was, you know, was a pleasure and, um, you know, I was very, you know, very grateful for that opportunity that I had. Is that why you're still playing now? I mean, 40, I know I don't want to harp on about your age, I feel like I am, but most people have knocked it on the head by now. You, you know, you're still going strong. What, what's the motivation for you now? Uh, just just going out and enjoying it. Um, it's been tough this season. It's been a massive transition going from full time to part time. I think you know I didn't realise how how daunting it can be. Um, but it's just going out there and enjoying it. I, you know I know a few of the lads before that I went there, and yeah, it's it's a big challenge ahead. And I'm looking forward to the second half of the season. While well, we've got what about three three and a half months left of the season. Um, so we really need to pull our finger out and get out of the situation we're in. It's a good challenge to have. Uh, obviously, we'd like to be competing at the top of the league, but we just need to make ourselves safe, especially for the club for next next year. And they're good people as well. Um, it's just weird as well, like because I'm used to after games, we're used to having a protein shake. The lads are going up to the bar and having having a beer, and I'm like, I tried, I tried it once or twice, and it just I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't have a drink after. So give me at least a two, three hours after, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good, it's a good laugh, and the reason why I just keep going, I just I just enjoy it, enjoy playing football, while I still can, because you're a long time retired, so. I agree with I you, mate, you get you get to an age where the alternative on a Saturday or a Sunday morning is going to Ikea with the kids, and you just think the perfect excuse is for me at whatever level to go and have a, a kickabout, and for someone that's done it from the, the very top to still be playing now, I think shows that the refreshing thing that a lot of pros do actually love football. So I know there's a handful that will say it's just a job. I was just born with this talent. Off we go. I think to, to rediscover that, that love of the game 
is is what it's all about. If you turn it out for the dog and duck, or you're playing semi-pro at Grantham, or whatever whatever it may be, I just think it's uh, yeah, you're you're a long time dead once you're retired, aren't you? And just crack on for as long as you can at whatever level. No, I definitely definitely agree because I don't. You know, I always want to keep myself in good shape. But when I when I turned like 30, 32, I thought to myself, okay, because I, I I always thought when I first started, I thought, ah, oh, I retired when I'm 30. I did Stan Collymore. I think he retired at 32, didn't he? Mm. So I was just thinking, um, yeah, I retire. I retire then. And then I got into my 30s and I was like, I fell out of love for football. Um, after I left Derby, went to Blackpool and that was horrendous. Um with everything that was going on, on on and off the field. Uh went to Notts County, didn't work out on loan. And then I ended up going to Doncaster and it was, you know, that made me fall in love with it. You know, playing with players like James Coppinger, who is an inspiration for myself as well. He played, you know, played right up to forty for the same club, pretty much. And they're they're all inspirations. And when I went back to Wickham as well, speaking to Gareth Ainsworth, he, you know, he was just like, just play as long as you can. Like you're fit as a fiddle, and I just managed to keep myself in in the best peak, you know, peak fitness that I can possibly can. So I'm just enjoying. I'm enjoying life. You know, there's been a lot of ch- change in my life, and I'm just want to enjoy life and enjoy what I do and put a smile back on my face. <laughs> Let me ask you one final random question, Nathan, before we go. I'm not asked a pro former pro before. In throughout your career. Is it like what percentage do you think the players are just see it as a job? I think Ben White sort of intimates that at Arsenal. Have you been in dressing rooms where there are players who don't particularly love the game but just happen to be really good at it? Yeah, there's been loads. <laughs> I'll, I'll probably go as high as like 80%. 80? Yeah, I'll go, I'll go as high as that. I mean, you had your players, like, like Chris Cohen was just like loved it. Absolutely loved it, and uh, Raddy Mieski as well. Guy Moussi, they just they loved it. Absolutely loved it. And um, for me, it was it was a hobby that just turned into it being professional. So it's definitely um, you see the thing is when when money gets involved in it, it does you know it makes it very very serious and. You know, when it's it's just political and stuff, it doesn't become enjoyment. Like like you said, if you're going out playing for your local pub team, for instance, you, you're, you're, you've probably gone out on the night before, turn up, still still like carrying a bit for, uh, you know, stinking of booze and that, going out there, half time, you're having oranges and a cigarette. Have we played against each other, Ty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just know from my best mate going down there seeing me. I've been out with him on the night on a Saturday night. And he's like, "Oh, I've got to get up and go and play football on a Sunday." So I remember going down there, turn up, and literally <laughs> one of the lads just turned up. He still had his gear on from from the <laughs> night before. So that's that's what football's about. You know, you're spending time with your friends. You get you're playing. You like you're staying fit no matter what age you are, uh, and you've got to enjoy it. It's like kids these days you've got to enjoy football at such a young age I keep I get sick and tired of seeing and hearing oh my kid's eight years old he's got Charles for Sheffield United Leicester Derby Forest and all this and I'm like your kid's eight years old he's got like another ten years until it probably gets proper serious you know and you know just enjoy it enjoy your time and um, you know I don't like that I like I like to see kids develop in the right manner, not being pushed, you know, when it comes to a time like 14, 15, where they start thinking and they're in the academy, that's when you've got to start thinking. So for me, yeah, that percentage of players is high because a lot of players that I know that I've played with are just like, God, like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the everyday thing. I hate, you know, and, and if fans don't get it, it's like, well, you get paid thousands of pounds. It's, it's not about the money. It's not about the money. It's it's you, you're you're controlled in a manner that is a bit unreal. It's not you know people in their everyday job they can walk out away from their job. You know football it's it's different. You're trained up from a young age. You can't just walk away. Um, you know you've got bills to pay by that point and everything. So it it, it does become 
I can see why players fall out of love with it. And I, I did and then fell back in love with it. That was just because it was a playing side of thing for me. But the, when money starts getting involved, it, it does complicate your hobby. So I've blabbed on a bit too much here. So <laughs> <laughs> Now, I want to ask you... Um... Tempsey, so do you want to come in? Because I've got one more question for Nathan if he's got another five minutes. Oh, no, very, very quickly, I think it's fascinating and I, I, I buy into that completely. I can see why I become a stress. As soon as you, you accept that money, if it's 50 quid bonus at wherever or, or 10 grand a week, that, that choice of whether you turn up or play everything in is, is taken away from you and you have to perform. Now, look, those of us that, that don't make it and I was never anywhere near um, have this like false illusion that it's just like all sweetness and, and light all the time. It's a privileged position, obviously. But I accept everything that 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 Ty says there, and the happy ending is he's now playing football for for love. And it just reminded me briefly of a, a funny story Paul McGregor told on another Forest podcast. He said he came in after training on like a a really cold day, and they're all shivering, and they'd been like running up, uphill and down dale with Cluffy. And then Ian Wone just walks in, all smiles, and says, "Oh well, another day, another grand." <laughs> that, was, that was his attitude was just to trivialise it. Like, of course, this world is nuts of course there's going to be times when um you know i play badly and score three and times when i play really well and get and get no love it's um it's a stressful existence you've got people like us passing judgment on every single thing that you you do and you know we hold these guys up as 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 heroes um and, and villains sometimes and, 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 and villains in, in equal measure so I, I i can see why it why it would be tough but i would have yeah I would have uh, loved the the opportunity to find out for my for myself. So yeah, just a really interesting perspective from from Nathan there. Um, one last question before we go, because I'm conscious of the, of the time. How are you finding the transition then from um, that kind of regimented be at training at you know nine a.m. get a fine if you're late, be at the bus at this time, be at the team meeting to rocking up with players? I'm sure it's a good level, but like say, having beers in the bar afterwards. You've worked so hard for. 20 years it's a real cultural shift for you how, how are you finding that kind of aspect of moving on in life in a sense mentally Nathan uh, to be fair to Grantham they're, they're trying to do things as professionally as they can um, there is a fine system of place actually I've never been fined so much in my life <laughs> like, in my career it's you can't like one speck of dirt on your boot you're fined like even if you have your hair cut it's a fine. <laughs> like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Even the manager, it's like we've won, we scored three three goals plus in the last two games. Uh, sorry, scored scored three goals. Like the coaching staff get fined for that. <laughs> so it's, it's absolutely. I think this is how they're keeping the club running, just taking all the money out of the players' wages every week. No, it's done by the players. It's done by um, we've got committee and stuff. So it's it, it's funny. It keeps us together, uh, and there is a very good you know good group of lads as well you know we're trying it we're trying to really hard like i said to you we've had we've had a really bad start first half of the season um but yeah that transition it is it is difficult you know you're going from like you have to be in at you know half nine no later than that um you know i used to get into chesterfield at like half eight you know making sure that i had my breakfast before doing all my pre-workout you know, get seeing the physio, making sure my ankle's all sorted and that, and all that stuff, making sure everything's all ready to go. Train, finish training, gym, you know, back, recovery, home. You know, it's it takes up your full day. And now it's just kind of like, oh, I just turn up to train on a Tuesday and a Thursday and play on a Saturday. Um, apart from at the moment with the amount, amount of games that we've had cancelled as well. So it's like Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for the next next two months, I think. It's crazy. But yeah, it's, it is a weird transition. But um, do I wish that I did it earlier? Maybe last year I should have done it. But I, you know, I enjoyed my time at Chesterfield. Yes, I didn't make much, uh, many appearances last season. Um, but I enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. And, it's, you know, that's a fantastic club. And I really do hope they get back in the Football League where they belong. But, yeah, the transition is different. It's 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 a weird one. It's taken its time to simmer in. And also it's taken its time for me to fully work out exactly what I want to do. 
Right. I know the last 15 minutes went off on a proper tangent there, but I thought it was really interesting. And I hope people watching along did as well, or people listening later did uh, enjoy it. And like I say, if you enjoy as ever, like and subscribe, pretty much appreciated, as are all the comments. Uh, Temps, thank you very much. No problem, Matt. And Nathan, uh, thanks very much. It was really interesting to hear all that stuff. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's great to be back on here again. I know it's been a while. <laughs> don't worry we'll get you on again it's hard to line up diaries with everyone so yeah i really appreciate it um yeah do like and subscribe as i said in the meantime have a good week we'll be back on uh monday discussing the leeds game so thanks very much everyone and we shall see you soon